Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 265. That's 265. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast. Brought to you by Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined as ever by the karate kid himself, Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, come in, baby. I quite like the intros. I'll take that. Considering I'm in fight camp as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you've got a big competition coming up, haven't you? Sunday. Sunday, this Sunday. This Sunday. I am I am deep into fight camp as we speak. Um what's is this your first ever tournament of um of Feng Shui? <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it is indeed. Um so there's no nerves yet, but I'm sure there will be on the day, but it's all right. How many experience. how many competitors? <clears throat> Interesting question. Um mm. in my weight category, mm. for my bout category, yeah. there's me. Okay. And two others. <laughs> so if you get bronze medal, don't give so, it a big in. So I am guaranteed a bronze in theory, um, but we'll see how I it goes. I could send Baloo there and he'd come fourth. So the actually I actually got the I actually got the the uh, the sort of timings and schedule today, and uh, mm. the way it works out is that I'll be I'm fighting one other guy, and on the other side of the <laughs> quotes semi-final is one guy in his own but that guy doesn't go straight through to the, to the final he has to fight the loser of mine and the other guy so if it's that a bit was better. Spears on his own he'd still get beat <laughs> no chance I'd wrap him up easy <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's so it's slightly better because uh, you know we're at least actually going against each other rather than just one person going straight through but it's uh, it would have been better if there was a few more people however uh, I've been told that you can sign up for the absolute division which is any weight class on the day for free so I'm going to do that and have hopefully have some extra fights, provided they'll still let me join. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. So you've been practicing, have you? Yeah, training's been training's been going hard, man. Been... So do you what, at the start? And this is a serious question because I'm not I'm not I'm not too you know, um, not too read up on, on the old sport that you do. Do you each start? Does everybody start? I know you're in different weight categories with the same square piece of paper. And then, yeah, I just have to fold it into so many different shapes to try and find and make it a duck or a panda it or a is, bird. It's, it's this kind of um, or is it different ignorant, childish humour that I've come to know and love you by. <laughs> um, I, was getting, I was getting these same pelters in the office yesterday. Uh, <laughs> were you excellent? By, cer- yes. by certain members of the sports desk that were also what? accusing me of doing origami. And I bet they, d- and I bet they didn't know that you were, you were fighting a tournament of three either. No, they did. I did tell them that. I did. <laughs> did I, I, I broke the news to them, which, of course, they absolutely loved. Of course, um, of course. But, you know... I, I can't control that everyone else is bottled in. Couldn't, no. didn't, want jo- didn't want to join my category. No, no, of course not. Just the way not, it is, no. um, Well, good luck getting in the top four and, and, and um, <laughs> send, me, send me some pictures and I hope it goes well. Um, look, hopefully, hopefully it's um, not as eventful a Sunday as, uh, as this Sunday just gone, Liam, because uh, I was with my, my dearest wife in the Solihull Retail Park, um, bought about £85 worth of, of Halloween candles, as you do, because we are in October and more, more to... More to disclose at a later date in October, of course, for my uh, my Halloween uh, obsession. Uh, but yeah, done that, and um, we'd been into Marks and Spencers, and and we're having a nice Sunday stroll, and he's about to go into Starbucks to get my my blonde americano, and then all of a sudden I get the old the old WhatsApp message from Mister L Keed saying, I think it's going to be a long afternoon and a long evening, and uh, at four p.m. or four fifteen p.m. we got the nod and the green light, and uh, Bruno got the red one, mate. He's he's gone. We we're, we're managerless. It's uh, we are. it's all gone Pete Tong, as they say. 
Yeah, well, you had uh, clearly a busy Sunday. I mean, I um, because I'm in fight camp, I don't know if I've mentioned it, um, I, I'm not drinking, so I went out in London with some friends after the West Ham game. Was out till four in the morning. Without uh, drinking? Totally sober. I didn't have one drink. Oh, I swear God. to you. I, the whole actually, it was okay. I had an all right night, but like, you know, when you're getting people bumping into you, and you're like, "Oh God, this is annoying." I had one point, someone walked past me and spilled a drink down the back of my shoe. Oh and I, no! And I felt it. I, I, obviously, being sober, I was totally aware of it. And um, you're not the most tolerant of people, you know, normally, <laughs> are you? So I can't, I can't imagine that you, um, you gave him, you gave him, um, you gave him a pat and said, "It's okay, mate. You're good." They, they, I didn't even see who it was, to be honest. They, they'd scuttled off too quickly, so I did. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I mean, even my friends even went into a chicken shop and I went with them and didn't buy anything, which is very reserved for me. Um, so what I, I went to buy, a, What do you normally buy in a chicken shop? <laughs> well, it's not really my go to, but if I'm there and I've been drinking with friends, I'll just buy whatever. But um, no, I, so I went to bed at four, got up at wow. 7.30 to drive home because the London Marathon was on, of course, and I was very of anxious of, of traffic. But I also. I didn't have the feeling that Bruno was definitely going to go, but I wanted to be prepared for yes. for any movement. So I got myself home pretty sharpish. Um, and of course, it turned out to be a pretty busy afternoon, didn't it? Um, I mean, I think we both felt that maybe he might get slightly longer, um, mm-hmm. particularly with the kind of games coming up. And, and when I say kind of games, I'm looking really at that Forest game um, just over a week from now, because yes, you can... You know, you know, there's the argument of you let it get even worse than it is already mm. at that point, and then if they lose to Forest, I mean, my word, that would have been toxic in Molyneux uh, at that point. But um, it did feel like that was a sort of a natural time uh, to give him until. Um, but equally, I can understand Wolves' decision, really, because um, the new manager coming in now, albeit they're very likely not to be in, in time for the Chelsea game now, but when they do come in, we'll have enough time before the World Cup to have an impact and get their ideas across and then enjoy that break as well. So I can understand the timing and, and let's be honest, it was pretty dark, wasn't it, at, uh, at the London Stadium? Oh, it was brutal. It was it was brutal from start to finish for me. I mean, yeah, apart from a decent 10 minutes at the start, 15 minutes at the start, it was... Um, I felt for the fans, really. I mean, we're getting paid to watch it, but they're, they've got to... They're travelling with, with rain, deli- rain delays, with, with train delays and and all sorts of strikes and getting there and spending, you know, what, two people there, petrol, petrol back, energy prices they are, 40, 50 quid tickets, you're looking at 200 quid easy really for the day to watch that, which, let's be honest, wasn't good enough. Um, we said at the start it was a gamble playing Ruben Neves at centre-back and it was it was a failed gamble, wasn't it? Look, that wasn't just the, the solitary reason why they lost the game, but when you're trying to do square pegs into round holes and you're already under a lot of pressure and you perform like you did away from home against a side that had, that was below you in the table, that had only scored three goals the same as you all season, you get beaten, well beaten in the manner that they did and then you have that post-match press comment which I think he knew he was gone to be honest because mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of sense being made or talked about it, he looked shell-shocked um, and and then, you know, you get you get... On top of that, the vitriol from the fans where, you know, if it was a 50-50 split or a, or a 60-40 split for him going, it was it was absolutely toxic. They'd had enough, they'd seen enough. Add to that, your, your captain questioning certain people training and, and their training regimes during the week. It just all added up to a to a fireball, really, where, you know, Fosen, if, if they were going to act, they, they've acted and they've acted swiftly. And, and look, I like Bruno, I like the guy, you know, from a, from an access point of view, he's been fantastic, and he's a, he's a good person. But sometimes good people don't make good managers, um, and and I think he is a, a he will make a good manager, just not here, just not in this Premier League. And 
from my point of view, it wasn't West Ham that killed him. It wasn't Manchester City that killed him. Whether or whether or not you've got strikers or no strikers or whatever, you had the easiest start to a Premier League season. And if they'd started and they'd got three wins from the first six games or something like that, and they were halfway up the table and they'd got 10 points on the board, you would still have Bruno Large in charge now, regardless of these fixtures. These last few, these last two to three games, aren't what have cost him his job. They are the results that you have it. When you have that start to the season and you do not, you know, you only get your first win against Southampton on game week six, I think it was, you are in massive pressure because you are looking at that table. And as, as much as you think, well, I need time, I need time, I need time, you don't get time in the Premier League. And when you're going into a long break and you're in that relegation zone, there was only one way, really. And, and to be honest, you could understand why he got dismissed. Yeah, I can't agree with what you said, really. I can't disagree, rather. I <laughs> can't disagree. Um, <laughs> look, the team he named at the London Stadium, um, if you make that decision, and by that decision I mean, of course, Neves, I think playing three uh, full-backs all in the starting eleven, a, a very bizarre hybrid sort of formation. If you make those decisions, you need the team to, to win that game mm-hmm. and, and perform for you. You've almost handicapped yourself because if you don't, if the team doesn't perform, you don't get a result, which is the case. Uh, Wolves have got the perfect opportunity to let you go, and I think he, I think he just uh, he killed himself really with with those decisions. Um, but then it's also been long term decisions. You know, of course, his his options have been limited at times with, with certain injuries, but he was persisting with players who have been out of form for yeah. two months, um, and and the same players when there have been other options have continued to start every single week and continue to underperform every single week. And unfortunately, something's got to give. Um, I do think, and I'll stick by this, that certain players at certain times this season have let the manager down as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, uh, he he killed himself with certain decisions. Um, The way he brought himself across to supporters, really the turning point for me was that Bournemouth game. You know, Wolves had dominated possession but did absolutely nothing with it until 80-odd minutes and... Raul misses a sitter. They had another good chance. I think Pedensi was, mm. um, but other than that, created nothing up until that point. And he comes out and says it was a brilliant performance. Blah, blah, blah. The Wolves fans were beside themselves after that display because it was terrible. Um, yeah. He privately also was not pleased with certain aspects of it, but did not say it publicly. And unfortunately, he's not a deluded person. He's a very intelligent manager and a good coach, but fans believe he's deluded when he comes out with those comments after that performance. And once you get into that rhythm, uh, the fans start to lose respect and unfortunately the fans turn and, and, and they did a little bit at that Bournemouth game. They stuck with him in the weeks to follow. Um, but then at West Ham, there were a chance of, you don't know what you're doing and making subs and etc. cetera. So um, you, you can't really blame Wolves for, for the decision they've made. And uh, as a person, I've got a lot of time and a lot of respect for Bruno. I do think... He will make a good manager and good coach. And I disagree with you slightly in that I do think he's got the potential of a, being a Premier League manager as well. Um, but I think the timing of it, it was too soon. It was too soon for him. He's not experienced enough. He needs to, to go away and and perhaps rethink some of his methods that were maybe a bit tedious, a bit um, a little bit boring at times for players. Rethink some of these methods, uh, get a job elsewhere and, and work your way back up. And I do think there's a manager there. Um, Wolves have got a lot of respect for him as well and believe there's a good manager there, but you can't survive the kind of results and performances that, that he was putting in. Had the performances been slightly different with the same results, he may have got Chelsea, may have got Forrest, in my opinion, 
but the performances alongside the results were, were pretty dire. So, unfortunately, only one man gets the chop when that happens. I'd be stunned if he gets another Premier League job, to be honest, Liam. Um, I don't think it'll maybe, be anytime soon. Maybe, you know. maybe go in the Championship and maybe bring someone up, potentially, with his I, I don't think and... he walks straight back into a Premier no, League job, definitely no. not. But I do think there is a possibility of building your way back up to that to that, okay. that position. So, so I, I do think there's a very you know intelligent, uh, articulate, measured, very, very dedicated coach. I mean, we, we can't... You know, rule out his uh, his work ethic. You know, he would stay to the training ground till eight nine o'clock most most days before games. Would be working into the night ahead of games, uh, the night before games that is. And and he, whereas other managers at Wolves and at other clubs would be leaving the training ground at one two in the afternoon and going home for the day. Um, Bruno wanted it really badly, and it didn't work. That's the sad reality. Um, so as as a person, I feel sorry for for him that it didn't work, but you can't. You can't begrudge Wolves for making the decision they did because I think it was the right one. Yeah, less than 50 games in charge, was it total? I assume, yeah, Wolf, left less than 50 Premier League games anyway in charge um, of, of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Look, you know, I, there, were, there were incredible frustrations there when we were watching Wolves and we have watched Wolves for the last, well, together at least, Liam, for the last two, two or three seasons. And, um, you know, when when end of the day, when someone comes in and they come in to bring attacking football in and you feel like you're almost going backwards and you're scoring less goals than we did under the previous regime there are going to be question marks asked and the, the fact of the matter is in that press conference whichever question he was asked he almost whether it was about the situation or not he almost kept going back to the fact that well we need to get a striker we've got a striker we've got Costa now and we need a focal point even when he wasn't asking it that the question wasn't being asked he kept on on going back to it and, and I'm like you know, watching the press conference back, it was it was slightly sad, really, to watch a, a man like that basically now saying, well, just give me one more chance with a 34-year-old Diego Costa. And I'm like, is this, is this really what it's come to, Bruno? You know, I mean, look, let's be honest. I know he's been, I know he's not the, he's a shadow of his former self, but you've had Raul Jimenez playing for the games, you know, so let's not say we haven't had a striker. He has got unlucky with injuries and suspensions at times. I, I, I can see that. But not to the extent where you should be third from bottom. Are they second bottom now in the league? Probably second bottom, are they? And Leicester probably behind them. Um, um, it's a good point, actually. I'll, while you're talking, I'll double check that. Yeah, um, bottom two or bottom three in the league, um, with three goals scored after after eight games of football, nine games of football. It's it's, it's not good enough, and ultimately you are going to pay the penalty. Exactly. Uh, it's still 18th. Uh, Leicester mm-hmm. is still two points behind. Mm-hmm. Forest and Leicester both on four points. Wolves on six. Um, but, you know, you're totally right. And what Bruno was starting to do in the last couple of weeks of his of his time at Wolves was talk about how many... He would ask us the question, how many games have... Uh, or sorry, what have the results been in the games that Wolves have had as strikers starting so far mm-hmm. this season? Three games. There was the uh, the 0-0 at Bournemouth, mm-hmm. the 1-1 with Newcastle, which of course mm-hmm. they almost won 1-0, but the 1-1 yeah. with Newcastle and the 1-0 win over Southampton. Yeah. So his point every time, talking about those three games, is we haven't lost when the strikers started a game. But equally, you've not exactly been convincing, have you? I mean, the, it's not like Wolves have gone and beaten Bournemouth 2-0 and they've gone at home to, to Newcastle and, and 2-1 and they've gone to Southampton and beaten them 3 mm-hmm. You know, they, they were very well, close Raul games. did come on at Spurs, I guess, and they lost that game. They came on in the 59th minute. They no, you mean he, he, the, the, the games that a striker started, he's okay, talking about. Started, yeah, started. Yeah. started. I mean, so those three games, they haven't they haven't game. lost. But no, exactly my point. It's very much clutching at straws because Wolves have not been prolific or, or, or you know taken their chances 
at all this season, regardless of the striker being there or not. And they've got, I think it's the eighth highest shots on target or shots in general. Um, you know, they, they've been creating some chances. Look, they're, they're not, not threatening shots though, are they, Liam? They're, they're they're not, not, no, these no, these they're aren't great point-blank saves. These, these are these are airy-fairy Pedro Neto, Daniel Pedence 35-yard shots that are dribbling to the keeper, let's be honest. But they're equally not creating nothing. I think that's my point, is that they're, they're not creating an abundance, but they're not creating nothing, and they should have done more with what they have done so far, I think. Um, and with the personnel they've had, certainly, as well. Yes, they've had injuries, but Guedes, Neto, Pedence... Uh, by the way, Pedence, actually, of those three, I think, is is one of the few players that can hold his head up um, to some extent um, so far this season. But they needed to do more with what they've got, and, and Bruno's job, he's be, he is paid to do more with what he had, and unfortunately he wasn't able to get a tune out of them, regardless of that very much clutching at short stat about the strikers starting games. Look, I think I think the players have got to take responsibility, some of them. And, and to be honest, um, I think when Bruno looks back at it, and he probably knows now, he'll be very... I want to say angry because he can get angry. I'm going to say angry at certain players who I feel will have let him down in this in this run. People who haven't have really not, you know, stepped up to the plate who he's backed, who have been paying big money to come in to do to do jobs. People have been at the club before, and they have, and you know, they've, they've been woefully out of form. And look, you can blame the manager for not getting not getting the right um, getting them playing in the right way, and and uh, maybe not get motivated. There's some blame there, but. Ultimately, when those players go on the pitch, there's not a lot you can do as a manager. And some of the performances have been absolutely, I'll be honest, pathetic. And there's a lot of those players who don't deserve to, who will be playing against Chelsea, by the way, who don't really deserve to be in a team. But they have to because of, because, because of needs must at this moment in time with the amount of suspensions and injuries they've got. Um, I also don't think he's been helped by Jeff Sheehan and Scott Sellers, uh, Liam. I think that some of the, and himself, by the way, because he will have had a say as well, but some of the decisions this off-season... Fair play. They've got some players in. They're not showing it by any means, but they've got some players in. But some of the decisions to let certain players go are bewildering. And you can put the blame at Bruno for being too nice, but you've got to put the the blame at Jeff Sheen. You've got to put the blame at Scott Sellers and the hierarchy because to let the likes of... okay, we all think Fabio Silva is going to be absolutely fine and this is a good move for him however end of the day you're two strikers down you haven't got a striker and you're trying to sign someone so you know you took you take the gamble it hasn't really paid off from from end of the day i don't really care how Anderlecht are doing you, you know you want you want wolves to be in the best situation if fabio silva was still here he would have made some premier league starts by now that's for absolutely certain um but i'm i'm not talking too much about silva i'm talking more about the center backs now when nathan collins got sent off for you to have the situation where you've let Connor Cody go, you've let Willy Bolly go. Well, he's gone off himself. We don't really care. It's just like he's gone. And okay, well, you can go now. To do that and to have two guys ready to go who are young and then to play your, your be- you know one of the best centre midfielders in the world at centre-back and get beat. For you to be in that situation, whether you were you know 95% sure, I don't care if you were 99.9% sure, that Craig Dawson was going to come on deadline day. The fact that he didn't, the fact that he wasn't there, I would not have let either Willy Bolly go or, and this is the, my main gripe, and this part of my French pisses me off, Liam, <laughs> of everything, of all the business they've done this year. I completely agree. Connor Cody will not be starting in the, if, if Max Kilman and, um, and Nathan Collins are fit. I completely agree, right? No problem at all. But the soft underbelly of Wolves to let him go great servant yada 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 to go and play to go and get your World Cup place at Everton to to loan him out 
okay, I can live with that, with Willy Bolly that I can live with it. However, however, you're not telling me that Wolves could not have put a, a recall clause on him, saying if we ever, if we in January, if we need him, we get to recall him. If they put that recall clause there, and you said Connor, you can go for six months and probably longer, but we might need you just in case. What do you think Connor's going to do? Connor's going to say absolutely because I just need these six months because I need to be playing football. Happy days. I don't care. I want to be on that plane. Let me go. No problem. Everton, we need a recall clause just in case. Everton, bloody hell, we're desperate for players. We need some leaders. We're struggling under Frank Lampard. Yeah, have it. As long as we're getting him for the first six months and probably longer. But you're in a situation now, let's be honest, and I said this, I said this six to eight weeks ago. If you've got Everton and you're battling against relegation now, I don't think they will be. But at the end of the day, Wolves are in the bottom three at this moment in time. And I don't think they've, I don't think they've got the stomach for a relegation battle. I think they've got the quality to, to not be in it, but they haven't got the stomach for one. And you've got Everton as one of your rivals ahead of you, and you've got Connor Cody scoring. I don't care. I don't care, Liam. If Connor, if you're going, if you, if Connor Cody's not going to play for you, and you get back, be a bit more ruthless, Liam. Recall Connor Cody. You've gone to the World Cup. No problem. Well done. We're going to have you back here because we want we we don't want we don't want one of our competitors to be to be way above us in the table. So we're, I tell you what, we're going to hamstring you a little bit. We're going to use our authority. We're going to recall Connor Cody. Go and sit on the bench, Connor. Sorry, but that's what it is. We've paid you money. It's not as if we owe it to him. We've paid Connor Cody millions of pounds over the last few years. You know, he's not been playing for free. He's been a great leader. But let's let's use a bit of authority. Let's use a bit of club. Let's toughen up as a club. Let's get him back and let's so so that Everton struggle. But we haven't. There's no recall clause. He's he's, he's as, as good as gone, apart from if Everton get relegated. He's not going to play for the club again, which is fine. But why can't they show some balls sometimes and just be a bit more ruthless? That's what frustrates me. And then you know you've seen it. As, you know you. Conor Cody's sister, you know, putting some stuff out there saying what a great day with Bruno gone or whatever and stuff like that. I don't think it doesn't particularly sit well with me or whatever. Conor's always been a decent professional. But at the same time, be a bit more ruthless, Wolves. You can't say that that wouldn't have happened. And that is a frustration of mine. Sorry to speak and be angry, but there it is. Rant over. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not used to you speaking so much sense. Sorry. Um yeah, I think the crux of the issue... Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, maybe no. I'm completely wrong, Liam. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But that that's the way I see That's That's a frustration for me. That they could have had it on their terms a little bit. Go and play. At that moment in time, Willie Bolly's there. You've got your two main centre-backs. OK, no problem. But just in case, you're saying that that wouldn't have been a deal-breaker. That would have been a deal-breaker if they'd said, no, well, we just need that recall clause just in case. Everything would have still happened and they could have still pulled him back. And that's, that's not going to help this weekend... Or last weekend, mm. but I tell you what, it could help you toward. It could help Everton not finish above you at the end of the season. It could help you because that might be one other team that might finish below you or above you if you're in a battle. It's just, I just don't get it. And I think, I think, like I say, Bruno's gone because Bruno was not good enough at this moment in time to be manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club, and the decisions he made cost him his job. But he has not been helped by decisions above him or alongside him anyway. And that's nope. that's that, and that's a big one for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the crux of this issue is Wolves uh, at times being guilty of being too nice. And it comes down again to the Willy Bolly situation because there's a separate discussion around whether Willy Bolly would have done what he did in terms of not turning up to Molyneux for a game um, if Nuno was still in charge. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have done. That's a separate issue. But um, in terms of being 
in terms of letting him go, basically, without having a replacement coming in. Yes, they thought Dawson was, was coming, it was as good as done, and of course West Ham pulled the plug. But West Ham pulled the plug because they didn't have a replacement. Um, and Wolves should not have let Woody Body go anywhere uh, until they had a replacement as well. So um, it comes down to that. That is the issue, really, is that Wolves at times have been guilty of being too nice. Now, in modern football, player power definitely has uh, an impact, but clubs should be able to trump that 9 out of 10 situations. So the Connor Cody uh, debacle, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a dream move of sorts for him because it's in terms of family life. He's, he's not having to travel. He's... He's home back in Merseyside. He's back there and 10 minutes from the training ground and, and whatever it is. He's in, a, he's in a place that he's wanted because it was clearly clear that he wasn't going to start for Wolves. Um, so in terms of that side of things, yeah, he wanted to go and he wanted to go play. I get it. But you have to look after in-house first. And Wolves have been guilty of being too nice and then being too slow to react. Um, they should have brought a sense back in and they left... Bruno with a very very difficult situation and we always said look they've got to get through until the World Cup without any issues to Kilman or Collins or it could be a massive problem and a couple of games later Collins gets suspended for three games and we both said it after the, the Man City game and, and I think we're totally justified in saying it that Collins' suspension is far more damaging than the 3 0 loss to Man City, without a doubt. Collins' suspension could cost, ultimately cost exactly. Bruno his job, and that's exactly, exactly what happened. And I think that played a massive part, a massive, massive part in Bruno going, because yes, his decisions since then in playing, in playing Ruben there are ones I don't agree with, and I think many people don't agree with, but equally, he was forced into making a decision in general because of Collins' sending off and because Wolves didn't have any other backup. and and the, he's been left woefully short in that department and arguably in one or two other departments. And you have to feel sorry for him. Equally, I come back to my point right at the beginning of the podcast that you've also got to do more with what you've got. And he didn't. And that's just, it's as simple as that. And in modern football, only one manager, or only one person rather, gets the chop for for things going wrong. And that's the manager. Absolutely. As, much as, yeah. as much as some players have been at fault as well, it's the manager. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, like I say... Um, Neves questioning training as well didn't help him as well when you've got someone speaking out like that so candidly straight after the game just 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 not not a good look and again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat on about Conor Cody right but at the same time he wouldn't even even though he was angry and he wasn't annoying and he was frustrated he didn't want to be there didn't be on the bench you're not telling me that he wouldn't have helped at training wouldn't have helped a bit of leadership off the pitch anyway wouldn't have helped certain individuals train he wouldn't accept it he would not accept it if they weren't you know he's always been a good trainer so even things like that it's not a happy camp at this moment in time is it it's not happy well maybe it might be now Bruno's gone but and I called one of the podcasts I think two or three weeks ago 11 individuals not one team and, and looking at them at this moment in time I haven't changed my opinion they, they, they look confused on the pitch they look like they don't quite know what they're supposed to be doing whether it's you know in transition in a game whether it's the way that they're, they're, they're defending or the way that they're breaking or the way that they're you know the, the, the right the right back and the right midfielder are working together the runs that they're supposed to be making it looks it looks confused it looked muddled up to me and I guess when you're not scoring goals then it's going to do that, that's going to happen but he's gone um look caretaker's in charge now I would expect, Liam, that there is going to be an appointment made next week. I would have thought. Definitely within the next couple of weeks, but I would say next week. So so let's let's move Bruno to the side now. Bruno, thank you very much. Not worked out. Let's be honest, a lot of Fosun's appointments haven't worked out, have they? Barring Nuno, it's not been it's not been a, 
a great list. Big appointment <laughs> yeah. for them now, Liam. Massive Big appointment. appointment. Big appointment. Lopetegui is is the bookies' favourite, five to one on now. Of course, Sevilla very much clinging on to his Sevilla job at this moment in time. Ex Spain boss, ex Real Madrid boss. If they appoint him, it's the most high profile manager that Wolves will have had at this football club, perhaps ever. Let's be honest, from a pedigree point of view, there's a lot of unknowns or a lot of shaky shaky ones who have got lack of experience. I mean, this will be the person with the most decorated CV so far by a country mile. And that includes new. That includes plenty of the managers in the last 20, 30, 40 years at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, do you think that, that Lopetegui is going to be the man? Who are the other people in the race? And, and how, how, how developed do you feel the search is at this moment in time? Yeah, so Wolves have taken a, a slightly different... Uh, approach to it than I perhaps thought they would, uh, especially uh, you know initially after Bruno being sacked, is that um, because all of the backroom staff bar Tony Roberts left as well, um, it gives the impression, or it did it on Sunday at least, that there would be a fairly swift appointment. Um, we know that you know the the Foson and and Scott Sellers and and the people the, the hierarchy of the club um, would have done their due diligence and and. Uh, looked or at least had an idea of where they wanted to go once Bruno was going to leave. Um, but they've done it slightly differently uh, than I thought they would do and and they're having a bit more of a um, old-fashioned, if you will, uh, interview process and, and assessing their options and looking at uh, who's available, um, which I'm, I'm actually I'm fairly happy with because I think it's such a massive appointment that you have to... you have to take stock, you have to appreciate all of the options out there and... F- ultimately come to a decision you can't drag it on too long of course but I think you're right in that next week feels um, the most likely at this point and that uh, Steve Davis and, and James Collins will be taking the uh, the Chelsea game as it stands um, so Lopetegui uh, of course fans will remember him as the man he almost was uh, Foson's first appointment uh, since buying Wolves um, he was ready to sign I believe in 2016 and uh, the Spain national team job came in for him which you can't really blame him for taking of mm. course Wolves with the championship at the time um, so of course they're aware of him and they like him he's definitely in the mix he's currently very much on the brink at Sevilla all of the reports coming from Spain is that uh, tonight's game against Dortmund in the Champions League could be his last game uh, the reports on Saturday once they lost uh, I think it was Atletico Madrid they lost to um the reports one Saturday he could have gone that that evening, and of course he didn't. So um, he's very much on the brink. However, you've also got to take it with a pinch of salt that look it's Sevilla go and win four 0 tonight, and then they go to the weekend and 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 play in the Liga and win that game and start to build some momentum. They may not they may not sack their manager. You've also got to bear in mind that Sevilla will know that Wolves are interested, um, or he's at least on the shortlist. And he's spoken quite nicely about Wolves, hasn't he as well? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, of course. Yeah, look, I think he he knows that there's there's interest and he's wanted certainly. Um, but you've also got to look at it this way: look, if Sevilla know that Wolves are interested, they may not want to sack a manager and let him go for free when they could try and get some money out of Wolves at the same time. Equally, they've got their own vested interests in that they want to have a good season and they may be forcing to sack him. So at this point, uh, at this point in time, it very much depends on where Sevilla go the next day or two, but he's certainly one that Wolves are looking at and are monitoring that situation quite carefully. 
Um, Pedro Martins was a, was a manager that they they were aware of being out of work since um, since August with Olympiacos, but um, Hull have have since come in for him and are about to take him. Um, he was never you know it, because he was a free agent. If Wolves wanted him straight away, they could have had him. So it wasn't one that was. Uh, going to move quickly. It was one that they were aware of their options, if you will. Um, and if I'm honest, and I, I agree with quite a lot of the fan sentiment out there, it wasn't one that massively excited me. So I'm not particularly disappointed that Wolves are missing out on him. Um, a few of the other names that are doing the rounds, uh, Ruben Amarim at Sporting. I think he's only 37, so he's only a year older than Joe Moutinho. Um, but he's done a very good job there since 2020. No, I'm not having someone coming in four years younger than me, Liam. I don't want to. <laughs> You're ancient, mate. Um, he's, uh, he, he won their, in, their second, in his uh, first full season there, but second season overall. He came in um, and, uh, and won their first league title in 19 years at Sporting. So he's done a very good job there, very highly thought of. However, the release clause for him is very substantial. Um, so it feels at this point very unlikely that Wolves are going to be able to do that deal um, if they chose to. Um, and then, you, as you can imagine, there's a few other um, Portuguese sort of Mendes client names doing the rounds. Paulo Fonseca is consistently on the bookies list. Sergio Sean Dyche is a few, isn't he? Sean Dyche is on there. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen. He's not but, guessed a few, Sean Dyche? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, Chris Wilder, has he guessed a few? Feels like, it, feels like, it feels like they might not be. I mean, I haven't Googled it, but I'm going to guess that they're not. Sam um, Allardyce, guessed a few. <laughs> Who else are going to turn super was, super the guest a few Someone players? genuinely suggested Sam Allardyce to me the other day, and I just Stop could it. not I could not believe what I was. I was like, are you actually being serious? Ronaldo, um, 100 to 1, player manager, see, mate. <laughs> Um, I mean, Andre Vias Boas is a is a free agent. Pirito, whoever he is, Santa, someone three to one. With AVB, by the, I mean, it's similar with Pedro Martins, and that look, he's a free agent. They, if they wanted him now, they could take him. Obviously, so that's you know, bears thinking about. Um, Nuno, <laughs> if we're going to be honest, I find that very very unlikely. You know, the last season with him. Had gone exceptionally stale. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying Bridges burnt necessarily, but you know they sacked him what eighteen months ago, if that. Um, I don't see that's going to be one that that sparks into life, particularly on what I imagine the wages he's on currently in Saudi Arabia. So, and and by the way, I don't think it would be a very good appointment at this at this stage. I think Wolves need to move on fully from that era. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot of names in there. Do you, do you think Lopetegui is is the one that they're waiting for to see to see what happens? Look, I understand that there could be a bit of um, you know horseplay a little bit. You know, a little bit of a cat and mouse. If if a Sevilla going to sack Lopetegui, well, if they sack him, does he get a payoff? Well, if Sevilla know that Wolves are Wolves are interested. Well, uh, maybe we maybe Wolves come in for him and give him compensation, so we don't. You know, that there'll probably be something thrashed out, won't there? If Sevilla and uh, feel that Lopetegui isn't going to be the um, the right man to take them forward, then you would have thought there would be something along the lines of, well, if Lopetegui goes straight into work, then he's not going to be paid any compensation, etc. What, what are you thinking, Liam, of having someone who's out of work who is, or is about to get the sack rather than maybe someone, an up-and-coming manager, a manager who's who's on the up, who's who's doing great things in the game, who's winning games, and, and, and maybe getting someone who's whose stock is high and not that st- someone's stock, I'm not saying is falling, but at the same time, someone who's obviously going through a difficult period and is on the verge of losing his job at another club. I think it's a, I think it's a fair point because you want 
even if the manager in his own career is not necessarily on the up, he, he, when we say that, we not it doesn't have to be someone who is, you know, thirty seven, thirty eight, and a rising, you know, the next big thing, the next big star. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but I think there's a there's certainly some stock in a manager coming in who has been in a good place in his last club, has had some success. Um, now look, the, the best managers in the world that are winning things don't move and come to Wolves, certainly at this point in, in Wolves' history. But you want them to be in a good position. They've built something at the club. They, they've had a good tenure there. Perhaps the fan sentiment is that they don't want that person to leave mm. and then Wolves get them. That, that positivity around a manager and, and the job they've done is, is really important. Now, like, look great, at, like Graham Potter at Chelsea. You know, well, thought Graham Potter's at Chelsea. And to be honest, I, people, might, people might laugh at me here. Um, I feel like if, if Chelsea just appointed their new boss and another random foreigner or foreigner who's had, you know, goes around that merry-go-round of top top six clubs, top eight clubs in Europe and normally do. I actually think that Wolves would be interested in Graham Potter and I feel like that that could have been a move if he was like, well, I'm, I'm sure he would surprise anyone that he got, he got a top four, top five club because he's always talked about that he'll never get one. So the fact that he was, you, you couldn't blame him for going. But I would, I would have... I would have backed. I would have put some money on Graham Potter potentially coming across to Wolves and maybe dealing with that that next stepping stone rather than going from from Brighton to well, Brighton are doing better than Wolves at the moment. But I think from a from a squad point of view, Wolves, Wolves are a better squad. Maybe some people would disagree with me, but um, but I would say that that would have been a realistic appointment, you know. Um, but that kind of a manager who's, who's young, who's doing well, who's who's obviously knows what he's doing, knows the way he's play, very very tactical, tactically astute kind of a guy, but also also on the up or, or, or someone who stocks high as opposed to someone who's maybe not on the way down, but someone who's struggling. Yeah. I, I, by the way, Potter would have been a, a great point. I'd have definitely taken him. Um, but no, I, I think there is some there is some stock in that. I, I really do because it's it, it's not just that the they've enjoyed some success, you know, in you know the last season or two or whatever you know recently. It's also that how that individual is is enjoying their work and enjoying their football. Um, I mean, a lot. Of, I've spoken to some people who've, who've been watching Lopetegui in Sevilla, who, by the way, I, I have to say, have been excellent under him for three of the four seasons really um, up until this year when they've really struggled things have gone against him you know they've sold their two best defenders not replaced them they've let they let other players go and, and you know not really backed him so look he's had things work against him as well but he had three top four finishes in a row of course they won the Europa League as well so there's been a lot of success there um, but the, the, what I'm hearing from, from people who watched him over there is that right now he looks worn out um, looks like he's struggling for ideas. Looks like he's becoming a bit too conservative. All of this, to be honest, sounds like Bruno recently. Um, now I'm not just not saying that he won't be a good manager for Wolves if it, if it is the case that he gets appointed. And of course, I'd, I'd be excited to see what he can do. Um, but you just hope that he doesn't need a break in between, because some managers, like you can look at the. The team down the road, who've got Steve Bruce in charge at, uh, at West Brom, I mean, he needed some time off, didn't he, after what happened at Newcastle, and he very quickly jumped into that job, and he's seen where they are right now. I think there's a lot to be said about a manager needing a little bit of time off, time to take take stock, take a breather, and come back into what is an incredibly intense atmosphere as a as a football manager, let alone a football manager at a club the size of Wolves in the biggest league and best league in the world. So. That's the only concern I have, um, and some of the similarities in the struggles, perhaps this season with Wolves and Sevilla, 
Um, but equally, he's got a very impressive CV and I think a lot of fans right now would be pleased if he arrived. So, do you think um, he'd be the popular choice to you out of everyone? I think so. Yeah. I think so, particularly because a lot of a lot of people now, are, you know, it's been reported widely are aware of the issues with Ruben Amarim and how much it would take to get him out um, of Sporting and some of the other names are in jobs. Um, Sergio Consinsal, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is not long gone into Lille. Um, oh no, sorry, he's no, he's the Porter guy. I get them two mixed up. Paul and Taker at Lille. You know what I mean. Um, I know what you mean. <laughs> so yeah, so it's. Um, I think he, he's very much um, become the front runner in the last day or two. Uh, as I say, Wolves are, are buying their time, assessing their options. Um, I might be putting two and two together here and getting five, but you, the fact that Wolves are buying their time and considering their options, which again I agree with, um, and the fact that we're waiting to see what happens with Lopetegui and Sevilla um, feels convenient as well. But they're certainly interested, um, and it'll be very interesting to see the direction they go in. As I just to reiterate, I think. The current plan is for Davis and, and Collins to take uh, to take the Chelsea game. Um, so you would ex- yeah, expect that we'll see an appointment hopefully next week. If it takes any longer than next week and, and they're in charge of the Forest game as well, I'd be start to become mildly concerned. Um, not that they won't do a decent enough job in the meantime, but you do want someone to come in and, and start to implement their own ideas before the World Cup. So hopefully it's not too long. Which is Spanish-like. Well, uh, you, across... you know, you know, my Spanish is actually all right. I know you can order a doner kebab in, in in the old dorm that is Benny. Look, I, you didn't know how to say one cup of coffee, please. I was looking after you in that cafe. What you... are you talking about? One coffee, por favor. Gracias. That's, it's not. That's not Americano. Right. That's not. It's not right. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm on day one hundred and actually, what well, you know what? Well, rather than me guessing, let me just tell you exactly what I'm on. Um, I've been doing Duolingo now for for a bit of time. You've been uh, doing Duolipa? Oh, mate, I wish. Wow, Keener, <laughs> that's a revelation. I wonder, mate, we are Cracking. just smuts. Fair we are play. smuts, the two of us. Um, I'm on day 165 I bet you are. Um, of, lear- of learning Spanish on Duolingo. Okay. Um, so hopefully me and Julian, if he is appointed, we can have some, some wonderful conversations. Go and say to everybody, welcome to the Express and Star Wolves podcast episode 265. Yeah, I don't have to say that. Wow. <laughs> what do I want to do? Just pretend and lie. I wouldn't oh, do that. Oh, God, crikey. Um, right. That, that, I mean, look. Bienvenido. That's welcome. I've just remembered. Bienvenido. That's welcome. Oh, there you go. There, there you, go. you go. The rest of it I couldn't do. Bienvenido Wolves podcast is that what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, go with that. Okay, good stuff. Um, look, Liam, um, I must admit, on Sunday night, um, once once everything had happened and we would, you know, we were five, six, seven hours into late into the night and bringing out articles left, right, and centre and doing the old video, um, and I looked outside. It was a bit bleak. It was a bit cold, and and I felt I felt a chill. I felt a chill running down my spine, and I wish, I wish, and I didn't have it at the time. And it was it was it was a chilly night. It was one of those where. Where they, this long, you know, long, long nights, and it was a little, there was a little bit of snow outside. It was rain, and I wish I had a portable radiator to um to, to keep me warm. Well, well, I tell you what, I looked over the other night, and I was in, I was on my phone, and do you know what? They sell them at kettleandtoastman.co.uk. Do you know that they sell portable radiators, bell drays, 
2,000 watt, energy smart control 1,000 watt, especially with any energy prices these days, you can Wi-Fi controlled, all portable, all different shapes and sizes. For me, it's the way to go. I can't, well, I mean, you're getting me excited now because every every week there seems to be something new. It's, it's incredible. I mean, absolutely panels, incredible. You can have five panels, six panels, eight panels, 12 panels, but they're all mobile. And look, people will pay for a decent mobile radiator five, six, north of 500 quid. Easily, easily. These latest digital um, platforms of radiators, brilliance, and uh, you're getting them for about 175 quid. How about that? £175 to keep your, keep your room nice and warm. And you know, when you're just walking in your office and maybe it's a bit chilly and you just want, just want to, you don't want to have, you don't want to install a huge radiator and you don't want to have, you know, some kind of, you don't want to have any candles, you don't want to have any open fires kicking around. You just want to wheel in, press it, organise it, a little bit of Wi-Fi and just have a toasty little room and then you can turn it off as soon as you leave. All the energy's going away. You're not, you're conserving everything. But you're having that little toasty little five to six. Well, you do three hour shifts, daily shifts to be fair. Some of us have to do eight, nine, ten. But you, for your three fair. hours that you're working in your office, you can have it nice and toasty, just to the temperature you want. You can't go wrong, mate. Kellentoastman.co.uk. Those are your peeps. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, also, football prizes, baby. Finishing tonight, Steve Bull. Wow! I'm saying finishing tonight, Steve Bull sold out, mate. It's sold out. Sold out of stock. I don't blame um, them, to be fair. Well, what, I mean, it was, a gr- it was a great lot, to be fair. Let me try and find something else that's available today. There's golden envelopes, mystery prizes. There's only 25 of these left for £3.95. Golden envelopes, basically cash prizes, 500 250 £200. Two lots of 150 25 and 10 golden envelopes. They're going to be opening live tonight at 7.30, £3.95. Get yourself involved and I'll let you know what the next Wolves item is as well next week. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, again, from our friends at Football Prizes. Right, should we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Um, Caucus Wolf says, what's the latest on the Ruben Neves contract situation? Last I checked, um, nothing. <laughs> and I checked fairly Is it less and less well. likely you think that Ruben Neves is going to sign a new deal? Or do you think it could depend on the manager? If you get a manager, of course, you know, you talk about Lopetegui, of course, knows Ruben Neves very, very well indeed. Could that be the, the perfect appointment for someone like that? Well, it's certainly better than someone who's, you know, not familiar with him. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, look, these, these things do take a bit of time. Uh, equally, they're distracted of course with the the manager's jerial situation at the moment look wolves have got a lot of people a lot of people who work long hours they can do more than one thing at a time but you'd imagine they've got priorities right now so uh, i wouldn't expect anything straight away but we'll uh, i'll keep on top of it and hopefully uh and hopefully just stay i mean look wolves have got to improve if he's going to stay on uh, i think that's that's obvious um but even if he does leave but he still still signs a deal so wolves get the maximum amount of money for him um that feels like the the better uh, option um, if, if he's going to leave regardless. So um, hopefully Wolves can get someone over the line. Um, Jonathan Gidding says, is Tony Roberts likely to stay on with the club? Maybe not first team, but seems a good character to have around. Uh, it very much depends on the manager that comes in. Uh, so he's sticking around at the moment. Look, he's he's liked and respected by the staff, the players. 
Um, he's staying to help Davis and, and Collins uh, for the Chelsea game and however long they're sort of interim bosses for. And um, it very much depends on the new manager. Um, if I'm being realistic, a lot of managers, and it's very common, they'll come in and they have their own people and they want to bring in their own goalkeeper, coach, or whoever, what position, whatever position it might be. So it feels unlikely that he'll stay long-term, but it depends really whether the Wolves hierarchy step it, step in and say, look, we want him in and around the squad and and, and, and being involved. So um, it's very much up in the air, but it depends on, on the new manager and what uh, what their ideas are. Um, just while I've been alive on air as well, Daniel Pedent has spoken to Sky Sports and it's kind of back to what Ruben Neves has said. Um, we needed something new or a different way to do things, he said. Players were not doing so good at the training sessions and at the matches, something had to change. If the club realised the boss had to go, we have to accept it. I mean, it's not it's pretty damning, isn't it? Really, yeah. when your players start turning turning against you and the situations, it doesn't doesn't look great. I mean, I'll be honest. Some of the stuff that Wolves have put out on on media and pip, you know, messing about with with training sessions and goals and Saab shooting against Pedro Neto, and it just doesn't. I mean, look, everybody's got to have a bit of fun at times in training sessions and stuff like that, but when you're bottom three, it's not really a laughing matter, is it? Yeah, I can see how some fans don't take to it, do they? Um, but you can almost never win on Twitter, though, as well. That's the problem. No, you can't. No, you can't. But, I mean, like I say, when your players are saying that, it doesn't help you, does it? Well, no. I mean, it's it's pretty damning. We we, we saw what Never said, and, and now um, and now Potence pretty much backing it up. Um I think I think that alludes to everything we we know really about what's been going on behind the scenes and, and yeah I think the players have had enough. Wayne says, name me three teams that you think Wolves will finish above because at this time of the moment I think we'd have trouble beating anyone. Just my gut feeling at the moment. I hope this changes, given the length Wolves have gone to to establish themselves in the. Oh, he says Premiership. Wayne, Premiership. Come on, lad. It's not twenty years Come ago. Come on, Wayne. Premier League. You want three teams that Wolves will finish above? I can above. give you three teams. Do you want me to give the other? I'll give you three now. Go on then. Forest. Yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah. And off the top of my head, Southampton. Yeah, I would, I would, I would concur with that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Leicester will. I think I, you know I said this last week. I'd rather watch Leicester City than I would do Wolves, and I would do hundred percent. And I think Leicester are better. Better, you know, definitely more informed, which sounds ironic when they've lost so many games. Mm. But um, they've got players who can score goals. You know what I mean? Which is the big difference between between Leicester and Wolves at this moment in time. Yeah, I would say Forest. You know, I'm, I'm going to say Palace as well. To be honest, I'd say Forest, Palace, Southampton. I mean, I'll be honest. I think I think we'll finish above Fulham still. I think we'll finish above Brentford still. But there's not too many teams, Liam. It's not like we're going through and reeling off 10 to 12 teams. You know, that's only putting Wolves at 14th, 15th in the table. So, you know, it's um, it's going to take someone to, to steady the ship. Of course it is. But it's still a very much a attractive proposition for someone to come in knowing that they absolutely 100% should stay up. My goodness me, if someone came in now and they went down, they'd be losing their job as well, that's for certain. But to... Um, to come in to steady the ship to get them into that back into that mid range of table. Um, I mean, Bruno kept on going on saying one win in the halfway at the table. I mean, they're not the half one win and they're not halfway at the table. They'll be they'll be fourteenth basically, um, and that's with everybody else losing around them. So it'd be one win would probably get them from eighteenth to seventeenth. But you know, get them get them in and around halfway. 
12th, 13th and uh, and getting a cup run. It's a very, it's, it's a great job for someone to come in. Yeah, very attractive job. That's why Wolves are attracting some um, some pretty good managers. I mean, look, it's, it's a great squad, great position to be in, regardless of them being in the bottom three. And and uh, I think the one thing you mentioned there, the cup run, which you would hope Wolves go on. I mean, my God, it'd be great to have something to cheer about. Um, yeah. That could be a really big sort of, storyline for Wolves this season and hopefully it's a positive storyline because if they can build something there and just get yourself into a, a comfortable position in the table um, that will be a decent start for whoever comes in Ian Payne you cut a forlorn figure outside the ground on Saturday after the match what was going through your mind a uh, couple of things uh, Ian first first of all I had terrible jet lag because I flew in in the morning <laughs> at 8am um, went for two hours sleep at home and then, uh, and then and then watched what was one of the worst games of football I've seen for a long time from a Wolves point of view so so that and also I kind of thought the writing was on the wall I thought that this was it really and that we could have seen Bruno's last match so there was going to be a lot more work for us to do in the next couple of days which there was so so both really um, and like I said I felt sorry for you guys really you had to come and watch that um, HWV Lover says Ooh. why why um, Lopetegui Sevilla 17th out of 20 in La Liga having won one of the last seven games, losing four. Yes, he was manager of Spain and then Real Madrid. But that was then, not now. Why can't we do better and get someone with a decent Premier League experience? Andre Villas-Boas, he says. Um, I'm not massively against AVB, but I'm not also massively... People saying ex- that, Craig Selden and a few other people. But I'm not also massively excited by it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a very okay job at Chelsea and Spurs, and that might be slightly generous to him um, he then went abroad didn't he? I think it was I think it was to China didn't he uh, after that and then he's since been at Marseille um, left Marseille last oh, sorry in February um, might have been last February either way he left them um, in a bit of controversy in you know openly and publicly in a press conference criticising the board's transfer decisions and was then suspended and then sacked so um I don't think Wolves need someone who's going to do that. I don't. I don't want to tar him with that brush for one incident, but it's also not the best look, and I'm not massively excited by it. If he comes in, I would want nothing more than him to be excellent and 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 you know push Wolves on definitely. Um, and it'd be great for me personally to work with someone who's got a bit of a name like that as well. But um, it's not someone that fills me with a lot of excitement. So I think, albeit Lopetegui, yes, the you know, the issues I've outlined already in this podcast about how Severe are getting on um, he's been there and done it and that says a lot and this is the first real bad spell if you take away the, the reason he lost the Spain job but that wasn't because of football in reasons that was because he sort of went behind their back and took the Real Madrid job so uh, I think he's been there and done it Lopetegui, and that's why it excites fans more I think his, uh, his potential appointment uh, Portuguese Tennessee Wolves fan says uh, I've been refreshing Twitter every five seconds for the last two days to find out news about Lopetegui no updates needed there how about Pedro Neto injury haven't seen anything about that of course Bruno said after the game that it looked like a bad one but we haven't really seen too or heard too much about from the medical department I guess you know with all the situation it's probably been buried a little bit but um, and also with the Blue Jays beat the Mariners this weekend of course they will my wife is a Seattle Mariners fan, the Blue Jays play them in the playoffs, so I hopefully they'll they'll get through that. But less about baseball, more about football. Pedro Neto, Liam. Yeah, we're still waiting to hear, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying to find out um, where he is, and, and, and we're still waiting to hear. I don't want to put a time frame on when we're going to hear, just in case it doesn't happen. Um, but I've been given assurances we 
might get some news fairly soon. Um, and if it is bad, as Bruno was alluding to, albeit he's one of the players that's been woefully out of form, um, we know what he can do and Wolves can't really afford to lose many more players to injury, let alone long-term injury. So let's have our fingers and toes crossed that it's nothing It's nothing serious. But, um, you know, he was in a protective boot uh, watching uh, in, the, in the dugout after he came off. He obviously told Bruno that it doesn't seem good. Um, so it's not good signs. Uh, Matthew Scriven says, a lot of outlets are reporting that Lopetegui has already got an offer on the table and has essentially agreed to take the job. Is there any truth in that? Does this also indicate that Wolves are looking for a manager with a more proven track record this time around? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the latter part of that question is got some got some weight to it. I think uh, Bruno was very much an unknown quantity, and uh, they yeah, I think I think that's fair enough to say. Um, in in terms of the yeah pre contract agreement, look, it's Wolves has certainly got him on the, the list, and he's certainly interested. In, and, and you'd imagine conversations are taking place. How easy it is to get a pre contract done? Um, it seems a little bit ambitious, particularly with a, a big club like Sevilla, and you know, ha, you know, the right way of doing things with with taking a manager and the fact that he's potentially getting the sack. So um, I would read into it as Wolves are, are very much interested in him, but they've got they've got their options open as it stands. Uh, Gail Holford, uh, out of all the candidates in line to replace Bruno, who would you and Liam prefer? Would you like to go first? Lopetegui would be mine. Honestly, I think it would be a great appointment for Wolves. I think it would be a statement appointment. As I've said previously in this in this podcast already, I think it would be the first one where there's a real pedigree of someone coming in. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need someone who demands that respect from the career that he's had. And uh, and like you say, how we've seen some of the severe sides in first hand. Wolves have seen some of the severe sides that, um, that he's put out. And, and I think someone who has also got kind of a bit of sway in, in, in European football as well. You know, not going to know a lot of great players. Has the ability to work and has worked with top, top players. You know, I think Bruno had worked, obviously, with, with quality players, but to the, to the extent of national sides and, and Real Madrid, these are real superstars he's worked with. He knows how to handle big personalities. And there are a lot of personalities in that squad. And some of them hide. Some of them are big, but they don't do a lot on the pitch. Some of them high, and I feel like he, someone like that might just bring that cohesion that this team needs. I'm going to keep it pretty short and sweet. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, albeit a couple of the concerns I've outlined, I think, of the names out there at the moment, uh, Lopetegui, for me, feels like uh, feels like the best choice. Um, Cody said, how would you think Keno would do as a manager? Any chance he takes over as interim? Then you're let- begging about begging for a Photoshop. Stop begging, Keno. Stop begging. What do you mean begging? It was a bit of banter, mate. We need some sort of Photoshop work. Stop. You're on the beg. I, I, actually, I you love a little some superimposed headshot, don't you? I'm just going to go to that. Uh, oh god, it's a bit embarrassing. It was two hours ago, and he didn't even. He hasn't even liked it or responded. <laughs> Cody, mate, you've done me absolutely dirty there, son. Cody. Cody Kennedy. That's the word. His blue name is the guy who did oh, the yeah. tweet. Sorry, you know. Connor. Don't you start that. Mm. Um, I wasn't begging it. I was having a bit of banter, but now, I'll be honest with you, doesn't look look good, does it? Doesn't look good. Oh, well. Um, Let's have a look. Uh, Can we get this mess sorted before the World Cup, says Louise. Oh, Louise, sorry. Not Louise. (laughs) Very different. I don't know. Uh, Yes. Is that, is, that, is that a good enough answer? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, look, the, the managers. That's what I was saying about the timings. They've got time to 
implement some ideas, have a bit of instant impact, hopefully. Um, but then, then they, they're not being given a short enough window where they can't do that. So I think I think the timing's f- fairly good. Uh, and then of course they'll have the six weeks for the players that that aren't going to the World Cup. They'll have a bit of time off, you imagine, but then they'll have a lot, a lot of time working with them as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's decent timing. Chris Walters, is there a recall option on Cody? I've just spoken about that earlier on. Uh, no, uh, there is not. Um, he could return to the club if Everton go down, but it's uh, potentially unlikely, so uh, he's played the last game. How would you pronounce Lopetegui? says working hard, or... Is that how you pronounce it, Lopetegui, or is it different? Uh, that's how I've been saying it, so yeah. we're probably pro- de- both desperately wrong, but we'll probably. go with it. We'll go with it for now. Uh, with Leicester stuffing Forest, when we play them, do our best players need to prove how good they are by doing similar, regardless of the manager situation? Damn right they do. Mm-hmm. Um, for several reasons, not just for their own selfish reasons and career, but for the club. I mean, 100%. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying they have, to, they have to go there and beat them 4-0 or better them and beat them 5-0, or whatever it is. But um, they have to dominate them. They have to win that game. Simple as that. Forest at the moment look really poor. So simple as that. So Morgan gives away starting to get a bit of stick on the old social media. Shock. Mm. Um, Nag King Wolf says, "Was chucking Hoover? She remembers a long time ago now, last season. Was chucking Keanu Hoover under the bus at the point it all went wrong with the players? From a results perspective, it appears to be. Uh, I don't think that as a as, as an isolated incident is." You know the, the sole reason and the only catalyst for what but happened. Was it an but, eye opener with the players when you started yeah, talking to them? It's going to rub a couple up the wrong way. Certainly, um, I think it added to what was a plethora of uh, of issues um, overall. And albeit, you know, whether that was warranted or not with with Hover and you know, to be honest, he wasn't performing and and Tomato was performing, and you can understand where how it might have been warranted. Um, it's not the best of looks to to do it the way. Uh, Rio did it in public, and the problem is it's not a consistent thing he does. He or, or did do as, as Wolves manager. He did it that one time very, you know, <laughs> quite viciously did it, which which we were all quite surprised at. Um, but and you know he would make the odd thing here and there, but overall he would often overprotect his players to the point where we were talking about the Bournemouth game and talking about how well they played when they clearly hadn't. So. Um, I think the consistency of his uh, public comments about players um, is is probably a bigger issue overall, um, I would say. So uh, I, th- I don't think it's the sole thing or the, the only catalyst, but I think it played some sort of a part. Chelsea against Wolves, 3pm Saturday. Liam. Um, no Raul Jimenez, no Sasha, no Ruben Neves, uh, no Nathan Collins, no manager, no backroom staff. It's got 1-0 Wolves written all over it, hasn't it? <laughs> i tell you what, it's got 1-0 Wolves written all over it. Diego Costa. But, but, but joking aside, is the pressure off a little bit here? They've got The manager's gone. They're not expected to get anything. They're not scoring. No one's giving them a hope in hell. They're, they're going to be a bunch put together without, without their captain. Could they go and, you know... Diego Costa returning, it would not surprise me, and I'm not saying they're going to win the game, it would not surprise me if Wolves go one up there from nowhere early or something like that, because that's just what Wolves will do. Is this the kind of game that, it's very, you can't really say a free hit when you're in the bottom three in the Premier League, but the kind of game where actually the players might quite look forward to it, they look quite happy in training, I know it's easy to say with a picture, but 
is the pressure off them a little bit that they can just go there and, and maybe try and express themselves a little bit more maybe maybe that you know that that rigidity rigidity that um that bruno had over the players and how he wanted to play maybe they go and express themselves a little bit more I think it's fair to say that the the pressure's off a little bit, yeah, because um, the eye isn't really, I, I, of course, during a game of football it is, but the guy isn't really on them long term. Um, it's on what's going to happen with the manager and where Wolves are going to go after Chelsea. E- even look at the way that we started this podcast and we were discussing the Forest game quite quickly. I brought it up because we were talking about how long Bruno may have had. Um, a lot of people are sort of overlooking the Chelsea game a little bit and... I don't think history necessarily says a lot, but of course Wolves did come down from 2-0 down there to get 2-2. Connor Cody, of course, getting the last-minute equaliser. But there's um, an opportunity there for those players to put right a few wrongs, for certain. I'd never think it's the best of looks when the game after a manager's been sacked, the players turn it on. Mm -hmm. Um, But for Wolves, selfishly, for the club and for the fans, and for us, let's be honest... Um, you would rather they do that and they go get a result. Of course we would. So, um, albeit it's not the best of looks, no one's really going to think about it long term. And they've got an opportunity, as I say, to put a few a few, a few wrongs right. Um, it'll be interesting how Davis and Collins sort of broach a couple of the issues. Of course, we'll speak to, to one of them on Friday. Um, and how they broach some of the issues, particularly centre-back. Um Totti Gomez has got to come in. I'll, I'll keep back banging this drum. He has to come in and play. Um, well, even if you move... It's impossible. He can't, isn't it? Surely. You, you can't. You're not, you're not telling me that Johnny's going to go and play centre-back. I know well, that's the only other option because, of course, Neves is suspended, isn't he? So he, he won't be playing. Um, the only other option is you play a back four um, with, uh, with, with, with Johnny there. Or you play a back five and you play Kilman in the middle with Johnny on his right and Totti on his left. Um, but neither of those for me are cutting the mustard, to be honest. I mean, you go um, to Chelsea, Liam, you've got to go and score goals, don't you? And, and, yeah. And I think they'll play three. Will they play three in midfield, or will they play? Or could you see? Could you see them go four, two, three, one? Um, or well, but I'll put it this way: like I'll give you my, I'll give you my team, and you can agree with it or not. Okay. So, Sar. Correct. We'll go from left to right, Johnny. You always go right to left. No one ever goes left to right. I'm doing it my way. Okay, You're left-handed. You're insane. Uh, so, Johnny, yeah, I'll go with that, yeah. Um, Kilman? No. You're not going to kill... Well, Totty Kilman, sorry. Yeah, Totty Kilman. Totty can start being a prat. <laughs> what? You asked me to do... You said you, said you were doing it like an absolute Totty idiot. Totty Kilman, tomato. Right. Correct. Now it's whether Wolves go, for me... Three in midfield or two in midfield? Do they go? Do they go Nunes Mutinio, or do they go Nunes Mutinio Bubacar? That's think, the interesting one, and I think it all depends whether Diego Costa's fit to play. And exactly. Start. Exactly. Um, go on. What are you I, going for? Go on. I'll let I'm. Finish. I'm gonna say it's gonna be three in midfield, and I think Costa's still on the bench. I'm I don't to... think that they'll want to. Oh, go on. Risk a striker coming with with risk a strike striker going down again before a new manager comes in. That's the only way, even though Costa will be desperate to play. I think they'll go through and they'll play the three up top again, and maybe play, yeah, and probably play play three up top. That's for me. Yeah, 
I uh, am afraid to say I have to agree. Okay. Um, I think the the point about Costa, obviously not wanting him to get injured ahead of mm. the new manager coming in, is is a massive one. But mm. also the fact that he may not be ready to start. I think he looked. I think he looked pretty good when he came on against West Ham. It's important to say, but he'll be desperate to play him. But and, and I'm sure, he obviously, will. he's going to be involved. But end of the day, let's be realistic here, and you can't wish away games. But let's try and get a goal and defend it. And if you can't, bring him on. But he should be licking his lips to Diego Costa to make his first start, potentially not in Forest at home the week after, where he hopefully will be in the goals. So from that point of view, I'm just thinking from a cautious point of view, the last thing they want to do is get him injured when he's not maybe 100% fit, even though he's desperate to play, hold him back a bit and, um, and have him ready to go for potentially a new manager against Forest at home. Yeah, I think I think that's more likely, isn't it? and it seems to make sense. Um, which, of course, then means uh, we're playing Troy, Troy, Guedes, and and, and, and Pedence. Either side of Pedence through the middle, mm. most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't going to fill a lot of people with with joy, no. but you know, needs must because you haven't got. Well, you do have the striker, but he's probably Wang, not this is ready. Assuming Kwang's injured still, which I think he yeah. will be available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruno's parting words on Huang were that. He doesn't think it's anything massive. So, you know, we may have him back. But again, is he going to be ready to go straight in and start away at Chelsea? Probably not. So uh, whether he's on the bench or not is neither here nor there in terms of the starting eleven. I think. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it probably is that. Of course, then it only leaves leaves you with only one midfielder on the bench in Conor Ronan, who's not played a Premier League game before. Um, so, yeah, once you get a couple of these suspensions in, it does start to whittle away at that squad, doesn't it? Yeah, although look, if you do get an injury, you have to bring someone. It's more likely that Wolves will go to a two-a midfielder rather than a, replacing a three for a three, so to speak, unless it's early in the game. Yeah, if they're chasing the game, so they can probably get away with it. Um, look, you never know. You never know. You never know, Liam. Um, brings me to the um, final score prediction from uh, Mr. Nathan Judah before I leave the floor to Mr. Liam Keane. I'm going to say it's a lot better display. I'm going to say that Wolves score a goal um, as well, which uh, I know shock horror. Got to got to release a mum from the cage at some point. Um, the people who saw on Twitter will uh, will will know that joke. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be Chelsea two, Wolverhampton Wanderers one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that as well. Uh, you know me too well. Come on then for the shirt, baby. For the shirt, for the shirt. I'm going to go. Yeah. I was kind of thinking similar to you, but I'm. I'm going to go Chelsea to win 2-0. Oh, God. Sorry. So we're predicting two losses. We built it up for the next 15, 20 minutes and then uh, and then we're predicting two losses. So 2-0 Chelsea, yeah? I'm going to go with that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> sorry, Chelsea guys. No, no, no. It's all good. Look, busy times at Wolves, uh, guys. And look, I'll always, always like to see you guys coming out of Stamford Bridge as well and let's hope that they can they can get a great result. Look, last season was, was, was fantastic when they were all buzzing coming out of it at the end of the game so if we can get something like that um, it would be lovely and it would be lovely to see some of you with some happy faces for once after the game I hope you enjoy the podcast lots going on and we'll, of course if, if there is a new manager we don't expect it to be this week probably next week we'll be bringing you all the action all the reaction all the emergency podcasts all the press conferences um, exclusively at but for me and Liam have a great weekend we'll see you at Stamford Bridge take care bye bye bye